and welcome back to The Scriptures Are Real. I'm your host, Lamar, and uh, this is my co-host, Gary Mulestein. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we just finished up talking about the first five books of, we call it the five books of Moses, five books of the Bible, often attributed to Moses as being a, uh, the abridger or the compiler of those books. And now we're going to move into a new phase. This is exciting. We're going to get into Joshua, which is, is um, a new phase, but again, like we mentioned, last time the theme is going to remain the same and we're going to get into that but let's let's set up joshua carrie what do we who is joshua and uh and why is he taking over what makes him qualified to take over for moses moses is a big figure he's taken these guys across the desert for a long time a very powerful figure very central yeah. probably one of the biggest prophets that you will ever hear about because he's done so much uh for the children of israel why joshua yeah, Moses really is larger than life in so many ways, even today. But if you can imagine uh, in that day that the prophet who led them out of Israel and the Red Sea and everything else, larger than life, and uh, to not have his leadership. And again, you've got a group of people who have grown up knowing nothing but Moses as a leader. Uh, and uh, to ha not have his leadership, that's a, that's a big void to fill. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be a difficult task and Joshua has really, really big shoes to step into. And so, um, Joshua has been around for a while. He is one of the few people who was an adult when, uh, they first came out of, uh, Egypt and, mm -hmm. and he was with Moses, uh, when they went up on Mount Sinai to talk to God. Uh, I find it interesting. There was a time where Moses and Joshua were in the tabernacle talking with God and, and Moses is sent out to talk to the people, but it says Joshua stayed in there. And I always wondered, so what he and God just so said, well, let's chat for a while. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of still like to talk. Yeah. Hold back. Close the curtain. All right. Let's yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's kind of seems like something went on there. Right. So I wouldn't uh, doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Joshua, Joshua's, uh, Joshua's been a guy for a while. He's been Moses's guy, one of his supporters. He's one of the two faithful spies that says, yeah, the guys are big, the walls are big, but God is with us. Let's go do this. Uh, Caleb's the other one. So they're the two adults that are going to come into the promised land. Um, no one else that was an adult and made that choice not to come in gets to come in. So Joshua is one of those guys. Um, and uh, he's from the tribe of Ephraim. I don't think that's insignificant. Uh, this is a I tribe hadn't thought that was, about that. I had not thought about that, but yes. Yeah, they've hmm, been promised uh, leadership roles, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so he's going to yeah to gather the whole earth together, right? So yeah, yeah. And so um, so it's significant that he's from Ephraim. Um, but uh, as I said, Joshua has really big shoes to fill. Uh, and the Lord knows it. So he's going to kind of encourage him. And then he's going to do a few things to help him, uh, Israel, to do this. But let's, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Okay. And uh, Joshua is given a charge by Moses. We actually got that little hints of this a couple times in Deuteronomy. Um, but it's really specific in Joshua chapter 1. So if we go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, um, God says to, to Joshua, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Now, listen to this. This has to be so comforting to someone who is stepping into to, um, Moses' shoes. I, sometimes I think about how this must have been for Brigham Young, right? To step into yeah. Joseph Smith's shoes. Joseph is also larger than life. Um, and to step into his shoes, there's got to be something like this. So this is what God tells Joshua. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. 
that's got to be the most comforting thing ever. And then he says, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, the next thing he says in verse six is something that's, that's really a repeated theme in what he says to Joshua. Be strong and of a good courage. Uh, and then he tells him he's going to divide the land. And then look at verse seven. Only be thou strong and very courageous. And then that you can serve the law uh, that Moses gave you to do and don't do anything else. And you'll have good success and you'll prosper. In verse nine, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And then he gets lots more information, but just to make sure that he's getting the point, let's go to the last verse of the chapter, verse 18. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. So I don't know if you're detecting a theme here. But, I think so. Yeah, there, there may be. So. Uh, and so this is to Joshua in a way, it's to all of Israel and in a way it's to us. Um, as Joshua is given a tough job. I mean, it's tough just to go in and conquer the promised land. That's, that's a tough job. It's also tough to get people to follow you when you're not Moses. Right. Uh, and God just keeps telling him, just just do it, basically. I mean, he could be Nike for all I know, but uh, I mean, it, it says, just, just do it. Just be strong and courageous. I've got your back is basically what he's saying. I'm there with you. I've got your back. You go in and do, and I'll make it happen. I, yeah. And I love, he says, I will not fail thee. you know, and that's, that's the message of, of, of faith always to us. Like, look, if you do, if you're standing on the right side, if you're doing the right thing, the Lord's not going to fail you. It may not turn out always how you think, but he's not going to fail you. So I, trust in that. Yeah, I so agree. And that's, that's a message for us. Oh yeah. The Lord asks us to do some things that are tough and to fill some pretty big shoes. Uh, and his message is be strong and have a good courage. I will not fail you. You do what I'm asking you to do. However impossible it seems, however hard it seems, however unlikely it seems that it should be you, you do what I'm asking you to do. I won't fail you. That's, that's right. good stuff. That's great. And that's, that's a perfect um, introduction to who Joshua is. He is, uh, he's already proven his mettle. He's proven yeah. his faithfulness. He was he's there led them in battle before. Yeah. Right. Um, and he's been by him. And so he's, he's, he's a good leader <laughs> from the beginning. He's been a good leader um, a, as a Lieutenant or a general kind of in, in the, in the armies of Israel, he's been a good leader and he's going to take over. And, this is, this is his, the Lord giving him a little pep talk here. Hey, it's yeah. going to be okay. Just be strong and good courage. So how many times is that? Four, at least four times. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five, five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to mark those more. I didn't grab the one at the end. Well, so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's a great, that, there's a good introduction to who Joshua is. And, and uh, again, like we can always draw our, our lessons from the Bible. Um, this applies to us too. If the Lord is the same to you as he was to Joshua and to Moses, if you're going to follow what he says for you to do, he's going to make a way and make it possible. Nephi, you know, says yeah. the same thing. Um, I will go and do the things which the Lord commands for he gives no commandment to the children, save you will prepare a way to accomplish the thing which you commanded them. So uh, same thing. So again, the, the, the theme is the same, but, uh, but it's great to feel, the Lord behind you in whatever situation you're in. And Joshua gets that pep talk from the Lord. here. 
And then the Lord backs it up in an interesting way. He doesn't, so this seems to be a private audience with Joshua, but he's going to say that as he was with Moses, so he is with Joshua in a, in a, pretty big writ large across the sky kind of a thing Um, (laughs) because as he has them actually cross the jordan yes uh, to come into the actual land of promise uh he has it happen in a way that that does two things one it shows that he really is with joshua the way he was with moses and two that teaches an incredible symbolic lesson so let's right let's go back to this idea of the archetypal journey and uh, the symbolism of coming into the promised land, which is symbolic of coming into the true promised land or the celestial kingdom, right? right. So God says, all right, let's, this is chapter three. He, he has all of Israel line up behind the Ark of the Covenant. And let's mm-hmm. think again, the Ark of the Covenant, lid of which is called the mercy seat or seat of atonement. So you've got covenant and atonement. The atonement of Jesus Christ is what makes it possible for the covenant to be fulfilled. So if you are keeping covenant, you'll have access to the mercy or atoning sacrifice of Christ, and it will make all of this possible, right? So with that symbolism right. in mind, they march behind the Ark of the Covenant, and there are priests that are, are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and it's during the flood season. The, the Jordan River is flooded, so it's even bigger than normal. It's not a tremendously big river, but it's even bigger than normal at this time. And I find it... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it, it, you're coming down where they're crossing um at the snowfall and when it starts to melt there it can become a real torrent because you have a big drop between um mount uh um, hermon hermon i want to say hermon but it's hermon mount hermon dropping down there is a quite a big drop and so where they're crossing can really get flooded i mean it can really get roaring there in the right in the right season so yeah and that's what it tells us is happening there um and I find it interesting that God doesn't say, okay, uh, have the uh, priest carrying the ark go up to the edge of the Jordan and I'll pass it. Or I mean, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll split part it. it. Yeah. yeah. He says, just have them start walking in. Get in there. <laughs> and they have to have enough faith, right? So this is different than the group that said, well, we're not going into the promised land because you know it's too big for us, that needed God to show them once again he could deliver them before they're going to do anything. He's got a group now that will just start marching into the middle of the river, knowing that at some point God is going to, to uh, split it, right? All right. right. That, that's faith. And there's a, so much symbolic lesson here for us to just keep marching until our feet and our ankles and our calves are in the river and, and just believing that before we drown, God parts this thing for us. Uh, as we're following the, the covenant and the mercy seat, and God does part it, and all of Israel marches through on dry ground. And uh, not only is that a tremendous symbolic lesson about God, God's ability to uh, get rid of all the obstacles in our way as we're trying to be celestialized, but uh, it shows the Israelites that indeed God is with Joshua the way he was with Moses. This is Moses's signature miracle, as it were, right? I don't know if right. you have signature miracles, but I think that the, <laughs> the Red Sea was a signature miracle. And it's just happened for Joshua. There's not a better way to, to see, oh, all right, God's yep. still with us. We, this this is going to work out. Right, right. And yeah, like it's not like the Lord's out of miracles, um, yeah. but he uses the same kind of thing. And we'll see this throughout all of time that sometimes miracles are repeated and it's not because someone's copying someone else. So, yeah, so like God because, says, Oh, I don't, I don't know what, uh, I can't think of anything new. Let's just go with an old truth. <laughs> yeah. But the, the repetition is there for a purpose. Uh, this is like, Hey, just like Moses, this is the new Moses. This is, 
it's not Moses who held the seat. It, the, the, the office is the prophet. Yeah. And, and it's not so Moses so great. God is the great one here. Yeah. Moses did a great job, not taking anything away from the man of Moses, but God's in charge here. And this is the new, this is God's new guy. Yeah. yeah because in fact, I was misspeaking. Uh, parting the Red Sea is not Moses's miracle. It's well, God's miracle. Uh, right? Uh, right. But we yeah. know what you meant. Yeah. 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 But, I, but I think that it's important to remember that emphasis that I think you're right. He's saying uh, God is showing, yeah, I'm still here. You've got yeah. a different guy, but it's still me and I can still do this. Yeah. The stamp of approval on this, on, uh, on, um, on Joshua here. So yeah. very good. So that, yeah. And, and I like what you said is they don't do it. The, the, the sea doesn't part until they're in, they're in the water. Yeah. And then it parts. So you got to think of that guy that's on the front of that staff. I'm in the water here. Yeah. I'm in the water here. <laughs> Once again, this so. is happening soon, isn't it? <laughs> Never really yeah, did no. learn how to swim, just so yeah. we're clear here. <laughs> Hope this arc floats. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but they're in the water and then the, the water's part and they come through and, um, and uh, perfect. So this, that's a great setup to who uh, Joshua is and why he's important. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a, a, a bummer that we don't have more time to spend the Old Testament. Um, yeah, we have a year to do each one of these books of scripture, right? And Old Testament is big, and a lot of things that happen, and we just bang, bang, bang. Yeah, we're zooming through this stuff. So, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy it. when you think about it. We did like three months on Genesis or something like that, and quite yeah. a bit on Exodus, and then Leviticus got half of a week, and Numbers got a week, and Deuteronomy got a week, and Joshua is going to get a week, and Judges is going to get a week, and uh, I mean, we're just like we hit hyperdrive somewhere in here, right? We dropped into light speed, and we're going. So. <laughs> that's right, but yeah. but that's good that we can kind of summarize it here. So that's who Joshua is, right? So we yeah. we know who Joshua is, He's and well maybe qualified. I can add there's there's one other yeah. important element with that whole crossing the River Jordan that I don't want to miss because we'll come back to it a couple of times. So you remember right. in, in Deuteronomy, it's funny that I say that you remember in Deuteronomy that one of the great themes is remembering what God has done for you. Yes, so. Uh, God has them take stones, one for each tribe, 12 stones out of the, the bed of the river and set them up so that they can remember what God did for them. Uh, and, and so this is really important that, that God keeps asking us to find ways to remember his delivering power. That's a huge theme we're going to encounter again and again and again. But we're also going to find that this kind of a practice ends up going sideways on them. This is a, a problem with Israel. They, they will set up stones to help them remember God. They've been told not to, to have carvings or anything like that. So they set up stones, and God even tells them in this case, set up a stone to remember what I've done for you. And after a while, those stones start to get worshipped. Um, and so uh, this is the problem. God wants us to remember him, and we need to do things that help us remember him. But we also need to be very, very careful that they don't become an object in and of themselves. The temple can even become that. The temple can become a false right. god if if we're not remembering who the temple points us to. Sometimes right. we focus so much on the temple, we forget that it's about Christ. Right. Um, uh, same thing with um, all sorts of things that we establish to help us remember God. Let's not focus uh, on that thing so much that we forget what it was really about. Right. The, the Ark represents, the, the Ark of the Covenant represents the Savior, represents his his power and his presence, but it's not the ark. It's not the ark that's doing it. It's the yeah. power of the priesthood. It's the power of, of, uh, of the savior that does that. The ark is just representation. So that's fine to have representations so yeah. long as we don't worship the presentation. And the same thing with people, you know, the, the bishop or whatever, great men, whatever, but it's not the bishop. 
It's not the stake president. It's not the prophet. It's the power of God that does these things. Although we need the leaders. We definitely need the yeah. leaders. And, we, and, they're, and they're great men. I take nothing away from the person. But it always leads you back to remembering the Savior. Whenever we get off that track and make it about the thing, then God or the Savior, we start to get off on the wrong path, which I like. We're going to get into Ebenezer. The, uh, in Samuel, we're going to talk about that. And one of my favorite, uh, I, won't get, I don't want to blow it all when we get to Samuel. But I, uh, I want to talk about that. It's one of my favorite um, uh, hymns, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, uh, talks about raising an Ebenezer. And yeah. I think that's a great metaphor. I've used it in, in my life, and I think that's awesome. And we'll talk about memorials. But that's what yeah. the point is. The point is, is do a memorial, something to remind you. It's not. It, there's nothing magical about that. It's the reminder. Yeah. Uh, nothing magical about the stone. Although what's interesting is about the stone, he actually does say here in Joshua, he says, let the stone remember. He, he says it to as if the stone has yeah. a personality. Um, yeah. And I do the same thing. I like, I tell my students, okay, let, let, let these stones talk to you, right? They can't actually talk, but I feel like they do talk to me sometimes. Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. You get this personification. And I think this is the first example of an Ebenezer, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than the, the stones represent the tribes. That's, I guess that's kind of an Ebenezer. But this yeah. is an this is the first memorial of, hey, this the Lord has brought you across again. We put this on this big oak tree. We're going to have this Ebenezer anyway, yeah. and we'll have some other ones later on. Um, but that'll be, we'll talk about that more there, but this is a great introduction to Joshua and, and, and what we're going to do now. I, I want to kind of transition now. That's the first part. The first part is, is setting up who Joshua is and, and the people and, and them coming into the land. They're coming into the land of promise. Now they've been waiting a long time for this. But the land of promise is also populated by uh, what we talked about before, uh, the Canaanites, right? Yeah. The Canaanites, the Amorites, these people here. What's so bad about these guys? Why do? Why can't besides we too just, many A's? <laughs> besides too many A's in their name, yeah. and that's coming from Lamar, who has two A's in the first name, but they got three A's. Come on, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's getting that's, that's excessive. Um, so we don't know everything. Uh, we know uh, uh, probably more from First Nephi 17 than anywhere else, where Nephi says that for hundreds of years, and we know it's at least 400 years, um, they've had the word of God preach them, and they've rejected it and have become ripe in their iniquity. So uh, that that tells us quite a bit uh, when you've had, you know, like Noah preached for 120 years, and they rejected and wanted to kill the prophets. These guys have had longer than that and have been rejecting, and I, I presume killing prophets. I don't know. Um, but we know some things there's uh, a lot of child sacrifice we we know that's happening terrible yeah and that's that is always heinous to god i mean that's that's a heinous heinous thing um and uh, of course there are, uh we can extrapolate uh, about that in in modern day and in lots of ways um there's a lot of fertility rituals fertility rituals which means what though so um, some fertility rituals, uh, fertility rituals are, are focused on uh, making the land fertile, but some of them end up having sexual um, elements of them. Uh, there are, are sexual um, uh, priests and priestesses. Uh, you could almost call them uh, holy prostitutes or something like that. We don't know a lot about it, but we know it's happening, uh, that there are places that are dedicated to this kind of thing. Um, so 
those are at least a couple of them. Now, I don't want to say that there's nothing redeeming about uh, the culture. I, I mean, I've read the, the, some of the few texts that we do have, and these are people who also have families that they love. And they, um, I, although it's, it's hard to imagine that you're sacrificing children when you have families that you love. I don't, I, that's a disconnect. That's hard I don't to fully understand. Yeah. But I guess we have some elements of it in our society. So I, I mean, I guess I just don't understand a lot of things. But um, we have uh, uh, people who are saying, you know, we should do uh, be honest and that kind of thing. So there are some people, but uh, but even then, those people seem to still, because of the religious practices, be okay with child sacrifice and uh, fertility rituals and uh, things like this. So I don't know what all they're doing. Uh, we know those couple of examples, but we know that there's plenty bad uh, because Nephi lets us know that. Well, so... Well, and the run, idolatry is a big problem as well. We shouldn't mention that. Idolatry is big, but the, 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 it seems like the two big things that the Lord can't tolerate is one, immorality. When it gets to the point. Now think back of, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. I mean, d and like, can we find 50 good people or 40 good people or 20 or 10 good people? You know, why do we have to destroy the whole thing? Why can't we find some good people? And finally, it's like, no, nope, the whole place has got to go because at some point. Find them. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with Noah. When you get to the point where the immorality is so bad that they just can't be reconverted, you got to kind of start fresh. And the other thing is when you have problems, when, when you attack the innocent, particularly the children who mm -hmm. can't defend themselves and have not a chance to grow up in, a, in an area where they can choose for themselves, that's when you have real problems. That's when you yeah. get to the point where the Lord says, no, I, I can't work with these people. And I like what you said earlier. We're going to put them in a timeout. There might be a time after this life where they get a chance to be redeemed. But at some point... Well, there is. Like, it's not a might. There uh, is not, a not, you're right. No, you're right. Not, not a might. They will get worried. I would say they have a chance to choose later what path they're going to do. But at this point, they're ripe in iniquity because of the immorality and the, and the, the, um, the offenses against the children or the, the innocent. Yeah. That the Lord says, no... Uh, these people have to go. You're going to have to have to remove these people. Yeah, and I'm also going to assume because both in the Book of Mormon and in the Old Testament, it's also clear that another one of these straws that can break the camel's back is is killing the prophets. Uh, when you start to do that, yeah, the that's Lord not a good thing. Is, is, uh, so that's another one of the innocents that he doesn't put up with us killing. Um, so there's there's a lot of bad stuff, but uh, but one of the reasons for the destruction is also this idolatry that God um, and we don't need to go into this in depth here because we we have elsewhere and will uh, again I'm sure, but God tells them if you leave any of their culture around, uh, you'll partake of it, and that will lead to your destruction. And in fact, they do leave it around, and they do partake of it, and it does lead to their destruction. Right. Well, there's Israel a lesson has, for us in there. Exactly. Israel has a propensity to assimilate those things well you know hey wouldn't wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be so bad to pray to this god right we just had this idol here and when the, he's going to help across i don't know you know yeah. but but israel has a propensity to this this is a this is a weakness that they have they brought things yeah. back from egypt and it's been for a long time they brought little things with them and when they don't cut that out um they that's a that's a, a gateway drug for them to go yeah. back into those things so yeah for israel and so exactly there's a lesson Think about the lessons here about the immorality, uh, about about um, harm against the innocent, and the idolatry, which could represent materialism too, right? Yeah. So think can, about there are all things. kinds of idolatry. I think that's our big task right now, 
is to figure out what these things look like in our lives and our culture and and especially this way of how everyone listening should right now ask themselves what elements of idolatry or worldly culture have i not gotten out of my life and it's not a question of if it's a question of, of how, right? What right. What is it with you? In some way, we all still have that summer cottage in Babylon. Uh, we, we have something, <laughs> our favorite sin or our favorite way of siding with the world or our favorite way where we're convinced that the world's way of thinking of this is better than the prophet's way of thinking of it or whatever else it is. Uh, what is it that you're leaving in your life that is like that little city that's left in Canaan uh, that will, in the end, sneak up and corrupt Israel so much that Israel's destroyed. There's something in your life right now that you need to get rid of. Get rid of it. Yeah, it could just, be the seeds. one thing today. Right. The seeds of your destruction are sown in that. And so, yeah, let's, let's do that. That's, that's a great point. Thank you very much. That's an excellent point that we can all work on. Everybody has something that we can work on. And what little part of it can you do today to chip away at that? Yeah. What can we do to, to, to weaken those things and strengthen um, strengthen our covenant. So one of the ways that maybe I can just add on this, one of the yeah. ways we can think about this is um, President Nelson uh, about just a little over six months ago, pleading and pleading with us, uh, cut out something worldly in your life and make more time for Christ, right? Well, he's he first, the emphasis is making more time for Christ, but of course you have to kind of cut something else out to make more time for right. Christ. Um, if you can in one, just identify one thing today that you are going to do to make more time for Christ and less time for the world. That will really help with this getting rid of the little bits of Canaan that you you are still scattering scattered in your life. Right, that's a that's a great point, and and that again is the theme here of Joshua is the rededication again. Let's not let yeah. let's not let the world overcome us. We're going to overcome the world, and. So the, the middle section of Joshua is about the conquest. Now, we're talking about they're, they're in the, the promised land, but the promised land is polluted. Um, and so they're going to clear that out to make, make way for, um, you know, a setting up of a temple, a, a, an establishment. And in the same way, we, we need to clear those things out of our lives. We need to clear those, those other things, make more time for Christ. They're going to do it in a physical way, and they're going to have some battles with the Canaanites. And, and I, I kind of wanted to just... Uh, set up why the Canaanites are so bad to us. And again, those things are really bad in the Lord's sight. So yeah, let's, and, let's and they can't be allowed to be part of your culture. And so you have to just get rid of it. Yeah. So let's recognize what good parts uh, of the world or what bad parts of the world we need to get rid of. I mean, not, not all uh, Canaanites had art and culture and things like that. So it's not like we, that we have to be completely austere in our lives. The Israelites had, um, uh, had art and culture and things like that in festive days. So, you know, yeah. you don't have to be sackcloth and ashes all the time. That's not what you're saying. What we're saying is don't let those things, the seeds of your destruction, corrupt you. So, all right. So they have lots of wars with there, and the middle parts of Joshua, say from 8 to 20-something, are yeah. mostly about those wars and conflicts and so forth. And maybe I'll just say, uh, you know, on my uh, YouTube channel, I've got that uh, playlist that is all these videos I made for my Old Testament classes. Yeah, through there, I walk people through the geographic and historic elements of that conquest. So that's probably a good place if you want to get into the details of that. That's a good place to go and and uh, see where are these cities and uh, what's going on. So, well, tell them the, your website. 
So it's uh, the Scriptures Are Real uh, YouTube channel. And on the Scriptures Are Real YouTube channel, there are two playlists. One is the Scriptures Are Real, and that's where this one is. This one is. Uh, there's another one that is called Old Testament Class Videos. And you go on there. They're really hokey. Uh, they were made when I, I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I really didn't know what I was doing then in terms of uh, making videos. And my software only allowed me to make like five minute video clips at a time, which turns out to be good because that's about how long people have an attention span <laughs> for. But um, uh, but so you'll find like two or three or four of those on um, uh, Joshua and the Conquest where I just go through, okay, here's where Jericho is. I... They go up to, they, they do this thing with Gibeon and the Southern campaign and uh, um, Lachish. And then they go up to this Northern campaign with Hotsor and just walk through the details on that. So uh, I think if you're, if you're interested in those details, that's a good place to go to get that. And is that also on outofthedust.org? Um, yeah, you can find those on, yeah. on my website under, if you go to outofthedust.org and you, and I'll try and remember to put links for this in the show notes, it, but yeah, hopefully my, uh, my editors will help me remember to put that on there. But um, there is a page that, that's called uh, Old Testament Study Aids. And on there, you can find all of those uh, links to all of those videos. Excellent. All right. So perfect. So, and we're, we're just going to kind of, we're going to focus on the spiritual part, but the historical part is very interesting. And yeah. if you want to, if you want to follow those wars and what happens and, and it's kind of like when people say about the Book of Mormon, uh, oh, I don't like the war chapters. I, I, the war chapters are great, not because I like war, but because I like the the um, the reliance on the Lord and and what they do, how the Lord preserves them again and again. And I think that's interesting. And the historical movements of what they do, uh, that's kind of my thing. But yeah. you know, look, find the hand of the Lord in those ones. It's not about the death and destruction and the wars. It's about how He preserves the people against oftentimes overwhelming odds. Overwhelming yeah. odds, quite a bit. Yeah. And let's be clear, we are today engaged in a spiritual battle, uh, a desperate spiritual battle. And there's a lot to be learned from what the Lord does with uh, his people as they're in uh, physical battles that can help us understand how to be successful in our spiritual battles. Excellent. Yeah. And that's right. And, and we have some of those hymns, you know, that we talk about um, every stroke disarms the foeman. And so when you listen yeah. to some of our our hymns, some of them are very militaristic sounding, but that's, that is the attitude that we have to have about when you're in the military, you have to be united in a purpose and you have to follow your leaders. You don't have time for, well, let's think about exactly how much we need to do with this or can we get away? You know, nope, you got to be dedicated. You got to do this because your life is on the line. So um, that's the kind of dedication that we have to have to, you know, clearing these things out. So that's great. So yeah, follow, check out those ones on the scriptures are real and, uh, and, and uh, it'll take you through Joshua and the historical parts of what's going on. But I want to jump just because we're going to make this not too long. We're going to jump to the end because I want to continue the theme of what we were just talking about. The theme is we got to get rid of the world and, uh, and cleanse our lives spiritually. So that we, we put Christ at the center and it's going to come to 24. And this is, Joshua's a neat book in the sense that it has a beginning and end, uh, and it's kind of its own little complete book. Um, it has miracles that are similar to Moses. So we talk about Joshua and how he's he's the next Moses type, and then he sets up um, or the book sets up how the children of Israel to be. Then we have the wars and the conquest, but and in the end we have this nice little um, um, uh, not sermon. It's kind of like now again Joshua comes way before Benjamin. But at the end of his life, 
uh, Joshua is going to kind of put his end testimony. It's really like the testimony. Like, yeah. This is my testimony. And he's going to give his big sermon before he dies and passes away and he goes out. He's going to put his stamp on this one. And he's going to give Israel the recommitment of that covenant. What's the recommitment of the covenant? So if you go to, Gen- uh, to Joshua 24, uh, 14. Yeah, and while you're going there, maybe I'll just yeah, say go ahead. Mean, this this is like Joshua's book of Deuteronomy, right? What, uh-huh. Where Moses, right before he's going into the promised land, gives them his his kind of final uh, address and as the covenant renewal, um, and he he makes them promise they'll do this again. And so this is Joshua doing it again and giving them his address before he's all done and going through the covenant renewal. So this is uh, the smaller version of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I, I like this. This is this is his general conference address before he goes out. He gives his testimony like Bruce R. McConkie did. He gave a great he knew he was getting to the end of his life. And Bruce R. McConkie gave a great. This is what yeah. I know that, that God lives and that Jesus. He gives his testimony. So this is his testimony. And this is what he says to the Israel. So in verse 14, Joshua 24, verse 14, he says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve your Lord. So he's going all the way back to getting your father's on the other side of the flood. That's Noah and um, and, he, and, and yeah. also in Egypt. So he's covering all that that area, that territory. Yeah. And, and I mean, the other side of the flood may be a way of saying both Noah and uh, on the other side of the flooding river of Egypt or maybe even on the other side of flooding rivers where Abraham came from. Uh, so it's, it's this rec- kind of a way of, of talking about the places that aren't where we are, but where we have family history that was bad. Right. Right. And that yeah. was idolatrous. I think, yeah, I think he's concerned at the beginning. So put away those things now. And, and, and this, the, the key, and it says, and if it seem unto you evil, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the God of your fathers uh, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I got to tell you a, a quick story here. Um, I, I, um, I was tracting as a, as a missionary in Washington state and I was going, you know, house to house. And I, I can remember this house very vividly. It was a blue house and we went to the door and on there by the doorbell, there was this phrase, um, choose ye this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I thought, that's I need to have that on my house. I mean, I was 19 and, and I was brand, that was, it was my first area that I was in. And I thought that's really good. And at the time I was, um, uh, I was doing a, a program where you try to memorize, memorize a scripture a day. There's a whole, um, there's a whole program that goes with that to do that. And it very is very effective. It, it will help you do that. So I'm constantly trying to get scriptures to memorize. And I remember this one and it stuck to me this day. I'm like, this is great. Choose this day whom you will serve whether it be the world or if it's going to be me, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Ah, that's fantastic. So it, it so happens that uh, on my front porch, right by our, our doorbell, we have a big uh, piece of wood with some vinyl lettering on it that says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. No, uh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it says. It's in, it's Joshua yeah. 24, 15. Yeah. We used to have ah, on the inside fantastic. when we were, we were uh, the house that we lived in before this one had this big archway over the door. And so we had vinyl lettering uh, above the door that said, um, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So we had the one on one side outside and the other on the inside. So that coming or going, hopefully our kids were reminded that, that that's 
that's what we've decided as a household. We're, we're serving God. Uh, we're not serving uh, anything else. Uh, and uh, I need to get that on the inside again somehow. But well, uh, I have, we have one on the inside that this is only remember who you are, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, we have one of those too, but that's great. I need to get one by my doorbell. I, I remember that, but I've thought about this since then is choose this day whom you will serve. And this is the, the message and the theme of all scripture, really. Yeah. And that's why I like it here in, in Joshua. And if we're going to breeze over Joshua, or I don't want to say breeze over, but if we're well, going to cover Joshua, yeah. if we're going to cover Joshua all in one week, let's remember this point. Joshua, is the, he, he is the prophet. He's been established by the Lord. And what does he say as his final testimony? Choose this day whom you will serve. And he sets up a rock for this. And, and on that rock, there may have been some carvings and maybe in part of the law uh, or whatever, but he sets this, this, this rock, this Ebenezer up, and like, this is the day I'm going to do this. And this is his, his parting uh, word to Israel is make a choice, make a choice what it's going to be. And I think if we did this every day, if we went by our, our you know, went by our vinyl lettering or, yeah. or whatever on our day and said, what are we, what are we going to do today? Today, who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the world? Are we going to serve the Lord? Make a choice. And let, let's contextualize that a little bit, because this is part of the covenant renewal ceremony, right? So mm -hmm. Joshua has done uh, kind of what Moses asked him to and really gotten into this, where uh, if, if you didn't listen when I talked about uh, Deuteronomy uh, and the covenant a little bit, or you, you could find this in some of my other things on the covenant, it's important to remember that uh, in the covenant, there's a blessing promise, but for every blessing, if you don't keep the covenant, there's a reversal of that blessing. And, and in the scriptures, it's called a cursing. So mm -hmm. you're going to prosper if you keep the covenant. But once you've made the covenant, you can't be neutral. You can't say, okay, I'm not prospering. You're either going to prosper or you get the opposite of prosperity. You're going to be destitute. You're going to have lots of, of protection or you're going to get destroyed and scattered. Um, and you're, you're going to have the promised land or you're going to have nowhere, right? There's no in-between. So you've got the blessings and cursings is how it's said in the scriptures. I, would, I think we understand it best if we say blessings and reversal of blessings. Um, and so Joshua has the Israelites get on these two different mountains and, uh, and he has one group, uh, yell the blessings that they keep for, you know, here's a blessing for keeping the covenant. And the other group yells the cursing that you get, and then they yell another blessing and they yell another cursing. Right. And so he set up exactly what the covenant is and exactly what the, the, the blessings are that, that come from keeping it, but also the consequences of not keeping it. And then he gives them this choice. Now choose who you're going to serve. But when he says that, basically he's saying, are you going to make and keep this covenant or not? If you make the covenant, know that there's, there, it's going to go really well or really poorly for you, but you need to make your choice right now. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. So in some ways, um, this is really important for us as covenant holders because we've already made that choice. Right. I covenant. I didn't just make the choice. I covenanted with a solemn covenant with priesthood power behind it that I would choose the Lord and nothing else. So now what we need is this reminder because I don't want to blow this. Right. I, I already made this choice and I don't want those cursings. I want those blessings. And so I need that reminder there in front of my doorbell or wherever else uh, to choose that, that I did choose God, right? So I, I'm going to read that, choose ye this day, because each day I need to make the choice again, but I don't have to argue with myself, right? I already made the choice and I have to say, well, am I going to, am I going to go, maybe I just share a story real quickly. Um, uh, 
oh, you probably heard this, the ward we were in together um, when we were both students, uh, the high counselor was this great, great guy, older gentleman from the South. And he always told this story, I heard him tell like four or five times about when he was a freshman, he lived with his older brother who was a return missionary. And, and one day his older brother was out late on a date or something. He was out pretty late and they had to get up at like six to go set up chairs. And his brother was, uh, his alarm didn't go off or something he was sleeping in. And he went to his brother and said, uh, are you going to uh, come to set up chairs or you, maybe you need to sleep today? Maybe you're just going to sleep in. And his brother said to him, well, I don't have to decide this morning. I decided long ago. I made this decision a long time ago and, and he got up and he went and did it. And, and he always used this as a lesson. Once you made the, the choice, you don't have to argue with yourself each time. Right. But you may need to remind yourself. Remind so, yourself, sure. Yeah. So uh, each day, I'm not going to, to choose again each day. I made the choice, but I have to remember that today I'm still keeping that choice. I'm still keeping my covenant every single day. And I think that's what Joshua is asking them here is to, to choose this covenant and then stick with it. Stay right. on the covenant path is how many would say it today. Right. And uh, let's add a little bit of area for repentance then there too. Yes. So uh, like what you said just a minute ago is you can get off the path from time to time, but all is not lost. Yeah. God's arm is outstretched still. So don't be discouraged if things, if you, if you forgive, make the decision now. And so you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to reevaluate the decision. Once you, if you get off the covenant path, you don't have to say, oh, well, I got to redecide. No, no. The decision's made. You just need to correct your path. Good. And Elder Uchtdorf talks about that, you know, um, and, and I, I've flown in lots of airplanes, too. So I, I think about this. He said that when you're flying from one position to another, your plane is constantly off a little bit. You're, when you're flying a direction, you know, the winds and, the, and the, the currents and just everything that happens in the airplane, you get off a little bit. So yeah, I think you said you're like, oh, of course, 95 percent of the time. Yeah, because you're off a little bit and you're correcting. And just think about when you're driving. You don't just leave the steering wheel and let it go. You got to bump the steering wheel a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and you yeah. don't even notice it anymore. But yeah. that's the little bits. Make them little bits. Don't don't let go of the steering wheel and then cross three lanes and then try try to that's, correct. That's good. That's, that's good. the idea. But let's the little corrections every day. So choose, make the choice. That's true. But don't get discouraged if if you get off a little bit here and there, or even a lot. If yeah. someone's been off a lot, there's we always chance to will. come back. But yeah. make the decision now to do that. And then just remind yourself, the decision is made. I'm going to get up and set up chairs. I'm going to get up and do these things. I'm going to recommit my, I'm going to get back to the temple more than I have been or, or whatever the thing is that you're, you're working with. Correct that a little bit, but make the choice now what you want to set for your life. I've always, you hear this all the time. You can't hit a target. You're not aiming at, right? Yeah. So make the target, find the target, aim at it. And if you get off, Get back to your aim, but you don't have to decide which target you're going for. You're going for that target. You're, you're going you're gonna to be with the Lord again. You're going to follow the commandments. You're going to do those things and then follow those things. Yeah. You will mess up, but you'll come back. Yeah. So well happen. said. So Good. well said, Lamar. Thank you. Well, thanks very much. Well, that's that's the book of Joshua. That's uh, We've yeah. kind of breezed right through it, but uh, but hopefully we got some messages. And this is what I take from This is one of my favorite scriptures, I think, of the Old Testament because I think it encapsulates such a sermon in that little bit. Yeah. And I think this is the theme, and which makes Joshua a nice, tidy little summary of our journey, our journey, our commute, uh, our commute. And this is, uh, this is the theme. Well, J- Carrie, I really enjoyed being with you and, and, uh, and getting back to this. And hopefully we get to do some more. I've really yeah. enjoyed your other guests as well. 
So I don't have to be here all the time, but I, I do really appreciate the times I am able to get here. And um, even though I've been around the church a long time, I still find little refinements, little, hey, ah, there's that. And so I really like these times together. Well, and I hope uh, I hope that our uh, audience is having the same experience and that they then think of uh, someone that they know that might enjoy this, uh, that could benefit from this and that they'll share it with them. Uh, some of those people may be your grandma and, and she doesn't know how to so just go to her house and help her get it set up <laughs> on her own or whatever it is you have to do to help her out with that. But uh, uh, try and think of someone today that could benefit from hearing this uh, this message and uh, share this with them. Right. The likes and subscribes aren't about the fame or anything. It's about getting the message out. And if this message yeah. is helpful to you and if you found you want to be a little bit better and I, and I found that one too when i listened to phil or to one of your other guests i'm like ah, there's one more little thing i want to work on i want to do that i want to be a little bit better if you can do that course correct every day and part of that is just listening to good things so yeah. if this is a good thing that's helped you course correct and you know refine yeah. yourself you know get to the refinery <laughs> then yep. we'll all get through the refinery together then yep so like subscribe but also like send an email send a instagram message whatever it is that you do uh, I guess send a snail mail. I don't care. But uh, set up uh, an Ebenezer. Help in someone. Your, set up an Ebenezer in the front of your house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great big stone that says the scriptures are real in your yard. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has the YouTube link. Yeah. Uh, but well, there's someone that can be helped. And so let's help them. Let's do that. Very good. Well, thanks again. And thanks again to our audience for listening. And uh, we hope you had a good time today and uh, that you can. Uh, draw something out of these these discussions together and we'll see you next time on the scripture show.